Hey, y'all, Cable here, and this week's podcast brought to you by Go Wild, the new social media app made for hunters, by hunters, and anglers, by the way. Uh, if you're tired of the hate that we experience on a regular basis on the normal social media platforms, then check out Go Wild. And here's something cool also you can log time that you've invested listening to outdoor podcasts or hunting or fishing shows. And you can do that for my show right now. We're offering up, uh, we've partnered with Go Wild. We've got five Lone Star Beer camo dub seat coolers. And also, we've got a great grand prize as well, which is a DS4K trail camera from Stealth Cam, the best trail camera on the market, and 100 bucks to the Go Wild store. It's free. All you have to do, log some time. Say that you've listened to the Lone Star Outdoors show. Do it on the Go Wild app, and you could be a winner. Check it out. Go Wild. I couldn't wait to do my sentence. I broke out of the Nashville jail. I just crossed the line of Georgia. And I can't hear them put out on my trail. Howdy, 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 friends. Little Stonewall Jackson. I washed my hands in muddy waters. Kicking things off for us here on the Lone Star Outdoors show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. I am your host, Caden Smith, and there is no place I'd rather be than right here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. So thanks for tuning in today. I do appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, we have got a great show lined up for you, and I'm going to tell you all about it here in just a second. But I'll tell you what, uh, <laughs> we are fast approaching hunting season. I can't believe it. Uh, dove season will be here in exactly two weeks two weeks from today the whole smith family will be sitting in a dove patch somewhere in north texas i'm taking henry the twins of course bell and my better half that's right uh it's going to be a circus and who knows we might even shoot some dove but it's going to be a hell of a good time there will be snacks there will be gatorades there might even be a cold lone star beer for dad after the hunt uh but it's going to be a family affair and that's what it's all about. Take a kid hunting or fishing, and dove season is a great time to do that. And then on the 2nd, so that's Saturday the 1st, on the 2nd, I will pack up uh, for a more serious adventure as we head to New Mexico for archery elk. Public land, do it yourself, packing in 8 miles. Uh, same unit that my buddy and I, uh, Chisholm, had success uh, in back in 2015. We each tagged out. And uh, hopefully we can recapture that magic here this season. Uh, because, man, when you hear that first bugle, <laughs> since I tell you what, every bugle gives me chills. But that first one, when you actually get into elevation in the mountains, whew, it's comparable to that first gobble off the roost on opening morning of, of spring turkey. I tell you what, it's good stuff. Hope y'all are making plans to get out there and get you some as well. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Off the top, we'll spend a couple segments visiting with the bone collector, Michael Waddell, longtime friend of the show and one of the nicest guys in the outdoor industry. Uh, ran into him at the Texas Trophy Hunter Show in Fort Worth last week, and so we sat down, taped a, uh, a nice conversation on uh, just a myriad of topics, our are Rio's really dumber than eastern turkeys? A lot of people say that they are. We'll get Michael's take on that as he's hunted both uh, all over the United States. Um, also, 
what, if anything, do we need to do a better job of as a hunting community as far as portraying ourselves to the non-hunting masses? Also, how do you convince your wife uh, that you've really got to leave for a hunt of a lifetime when you've already done four hunts of a lifetime in that calendar year? <laughs> it's a common problem, right? No. We'll get Michael's take on that and uh, who knows what else, but good stuff coming up with Michael Waddell. Uh, then Tag Spence, the digital marketing manager for First Light Hunting, will be here. Uh, he is the envy of many, myself included, big game hunters out there. His tag drew one of the coveted doll sheep tags that were raffled off at uh, Sheep Show last uh, January. So he's had seven months to prepare for this hunt. His previous hunting experience includes killing one duck and one quail. So to say that uh, Tag is a novice would be a gross understatement. Uh, that being said, I'm extremely happy for him. And so we'll check in with Tag as he prepares to leave for Alaska's famed Brooks Range later this week. And uh, hopefully put that Tag on a big doll sheep ram. And then we'll wrap up the broadcast by visiting with Dave Maestas of Adrenaline. You might have heard about the finisher. Maybe not. I don't know. But if you're a waterfowler, I think you're going to want one on your lanyard. Um, and there's also some game laws out there that you might not be familiar with. Uh, but one that, I mean, it's common sense as as a hunter that we respect the animals that we kill, uh, put them down quickly and humanely. But I've been on many duck hunts where you think you've wrung a bird's neck. And all of a sudden you look down at that pile of ducks 15 minutes later and it's flapping its wings or it's trying to even waddle off. Uh, we've all been there. And uh, the finisher helps alleviate that problem altogether. So uh, we will get into that with Dave coming up in just a little bit. That's what's on the docket for today. Uh, let's do a couple, let's, uh, a couple other things here. Our August-September photo of the month contest is rocking and rolling. We're giving away a Lone Star Outdoors show all seasons feeders signature edition fire pit uh, it's also got a grill so i've got this at both of my tier leases uh, and uh, it's really you want to sit around the campfire you want to roast some hot dog wieners with the kids or you want to cook some backstrap on the grill whatever the case this is the perfect addition to a deer camp or deer lease and all you have to do is send in your best hunting or fishing photo to lone star outdoors show at gmail.com we'll get you entered into the contest and then our monthly winners from 2018 will square off at the end of the year for a chance to hunt trophy whitetail or axis deer with me down at Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas. Um, let's do a quick giveaway. I've got a Walker's, this is a brand new pair of razor muffs uh, from Walker's, and I think they retail for like $80. These are noise-canceling earmuffs with uh, Bluetooth technology, perfect for, you know, any of your shooting activities and here's how you can win just email their slogan which walker's slogan is protect it or lose it because uh yeah you do need to protect that hearing the older i get the more aware i am of, of things like that it's funny how that happens as we age but uh certainly i take precautions now with my hearing and you could win the walker razor muffs by by emailing in protect it or lose it to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com. Let's take a break. We'll be right back with the bone collector, Michael Waddell, on the Lone Star Outdoors Show. Now, I ain't the toughest hickory that your axe has ever felt. 
But I'm a hickory just as well I'm a hickory all the same Cable here for isocialboost.com, a tool that many outdoor enthusiasts are using to grow their Instagram audiences. And if you're growing your Instagram audience, you're growing your brand. I recently let isocialboost.com take over a new page I created, and the growth has been incredible. iSocialBoost can help you expand your audience to heights you never imagined. Plus, you'll save 80%, that's right, 80% off your first week if you use my promo code Lone Star. That's Lone Star at isocialboost.com. And by the way, check out my new page. It's the underscore Huntervationist. Uh, isocialboost has gotten me 400 plus followers in like three days. I'm not kidding. Isocialboost will do the same for you, and you can find it at isocialboost.com. All right, waterfowl junkies, the finisher is the quick and humane way to dispatch a duck or goose. It's uh, you know, it's unsettling when you've wrung that bird's neck, you throw it in the pile, and 10 minutes later, he's laying there flopping. Uh-uh. We don't want that. That's not ethical. And so the finisher alleviates that. You stick the device in the back of the bird's skull, give it a little twist, boom, dead instantly, never felt the thing. The finisher is only 14 bucks. It fits on any waterfowling lanyard, and you can find it at adrenal-line.com. Three Curl Outfitters is now offering guided North Texas quail hunts. Just 30 minutes south of DFW, if you're looking for a quality quail hunt close to home, planning a company outing, or just looking for a place to tune up your dogs, you need to give them a call. Hunts are $2.50 a hunter for a half-day hunt. That includes 15 birds, and you can add extra birds for $8 a piece if you want to give your bird dog just a little more run. You're welcome to bring your own dogs. Otherwise, the guide and dog fee is $1.50 a day for your entire group. That's not per person. Go to 3curl.com or call 214-641-8097 to book your hunt today. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. Please keep buying your Polaris products from us. Send us your friends, your neighbors, all your hunting buddies, and I promise we'll keep giving the best deals on a brand new Polaris in all of Texas. Whether you're looking for a Polaris for work or play, whether you need a regular Ranger or maybe a Ranger Crew, an RZR, they've got an all-new Ace that you need to come test drive. We've also got four-wheelers from a youth model all the way up to the all-new Sportsman 1000. For your Polaris headquarters, Hoff Powers Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas is who you need to see all or get on the web and contact today. You can check us out at hpolaris.com. That's H's in Hoff Power, polaris.com. Or you can come see us at Highway 84 West in Gulfway, Texas. And folks, Hoff Powers has been in Central Texas for over 50 years now, and we couldn't have stuck around this long if we were steering you wrong. I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. Well, you only need the light when it's burning low Only miss the sun when it starts to snow Only know you love her when you let her go Only know you've been high when you're feeling low Only hate the road when you're missing home Only <laughs> know you love her instances where the remake is actually better than the original. That's Glenn Templeton's take on Let It Go. Love that one there. 
I'm Cable Smith. Thank you so much for being here today. You're tuned in to the Lone Star Outdoors show brought to you by Dallas Safari Club. Uh, thank you guys and gals for being here. I certainly appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, we are all set to visit with uh, the bone collector himself, Michael Waddell, making his return to the broadcast. Uh, actually taped this interview out at the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza in Fort Worth last week as Michael and T-Bone were out there. And by the way, they are both out at the uh, Extravaganza in San Antonio this weekend as well. So if you're in the area, uh, be sure to stop by the Trophy Hunters Extravaganza in San Antonio uh, Saturday and Sunday. And while you're there, check out the new Lone Star Beer camo can. It's got the Texas Trophy Hunters logo on it. They've partnered up this year, and it is available now. They just released it in time for the Dove opener. So anyway... Be on the lookout for the new Lone Star Beer camo can. Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. All right. Uh, well, let's go ahead and take a listen to a recent conversation with Michael Waddell. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't have an outline or uh, any kind of real direction where I wanted to take this discussion. Just a couple good old boys talking, hunting. So let's take a listen. Well, Michael, welcome back to the show, man. Always great to visit with you. Same here, buddy. So you've been to uh, Texas the last couple weekends, and I, I are you going to the San Antonio shows? Well? Yeah, we'll be in San Antonio. T-Bone will be with me, and, uh, man, it's been crazy. We've had so much fun here in Texas. I love that saying, don't mess with Texas. <laughs> and right I'm on. not one to mess with it. I just yeah. enjoy it. You know, it's nice. Well, we're always glad to have you. Um, over the years, what have, you, have you hunted deer or turkey more in Texas? I would say about equal. Um, obviously texas you know if, if you don't live in texas everybody still wants to come to texas to hunt because the deer and turkey quail you name it really everything from the big game animals to the predators you know is something that you can always be treated with some good hunting but um for me man deer and turkey is what i primarily hunted and i remember the first time i ever hunted texas it was one of my first out-of-state trips and i came out to Mineral Wells, Palo Pinto area, uh -huh. that uh, Possum Kingdom, I remember. So I got a chance to hunt my first Rio turkeys as well as eat a Whataburger for the first time. So that was actually cool. There you go. And let me ask you this. As someone who really cut their teeth in the outdoor industry by hunting turkeys, calling turkeys, yeah. um, are Rios easier to hunt than Easterns? You know what I think? I think one is numbers. I mean, Texas seems to have the numbers, especially if you get into certain areas of Texas, like around that San Angelo, that sheep country. Uh, obviously, you do a lot of predator hunting. So a lot of the ranches are very, very uh, passionate about taking care of the predators and putting them in place because they have livestock, sheep, you name it. And that obviously in turn helps the quail, helps the, the turkey populations. And so with the numbers of rios that you have in certain parts of texas i do think it makes it easier but if you break it down to where compared to the south where i might go turkey hunting i might hear one turkey gobble maybe two turkeys on roost and so i don't know if the the eastern turkey where i'm at is that much smarter it's just your odds are when you got two turkeys if one of them's a jerk and you screw up on the other one <laughs> i mean it makes <laughs> makes the odds not in your favor where if you come to texas it's not uncommon he'll fit 15 to 30 long beer turkeys gobbling yeah. so you, you know it does make it easier because you're bound to find one of those turkeys that wants to work that you can manipulate or you can you know 
even though a blind hog finds a nut every once in a while. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. so I don't know. I, but I do think, as as a rule, I think Rios are very smart turkeys, especially where where they're they're hunted pretty hard. And obviously, there's a lot of things after them. So I don't know if any by species that one is dominantly My smarter. Midwest buddies are always like, oh, why don't you come up here and hunt a real turkey? Those reels yeah. are so stupid. So. I, I've, I've had my butt kicked by reels just like I have Easterns, and obviously I cut my teeth on turkey. Yeah. You know, by rule, I say, you know, your southern states, your Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, it's tough to hunt turkeys, but I don't know if it's just the species. I think it's everything. The amount of turkeys is not quite as much as what we find in Texas. But overall, I, I think uh, – I don't think they're dumber by no means. I, th I think it's just a numbers thing. And if you get in certain areas of Texas where there are rios, but there's not a lot of turkeys, oh, you can get your butt kicked. I don't oh, care who you are. It's I've tough. I've been there many, many times. Yeah. Many times. Let me ask you this. Uh, as far as tags that you have, you're going to be filming for, for Bone Collector, obviously, this fall. What tags are you most excited about for the fall of 2018? I think the most excited I get, as far as in any tags I have, is – elk hunting I, I love elk hunting it's kind of funny we're just talking about turkey i kind of got started as a turkey hunter so many similarities in the approach and the tactical approach i guess from turkeys to elk and so uh but but what i like about elk is the fact it still gives you that deer hunting vibe to where you still got this big animal elk is technically by species in the deer family right but you got some approach that you can take a turkey calling approach or a predator hunting approach where you're calling you're manipulating you're trying to take advantage of uh the situation at hand in this case they're sexually frustrated so you're oh, trying yeah. to you know lure them in with uh cow calls and different things or a dominant bugle call so uh, for me one of the most exciting tags i get every year is i hunt the navajo indian reservation and uh it's 17 million acres of just unbelievable country and so uh the mule deer hunting the elk hunting there is phenomenal and so uh i love to go elk hunting every year out west and outside of that i would say uh one of the things i'm looking forward to more than anything this year is being that i'm i've gotten a little older and it's funny because i feel like a kid in spirit but physically i'll see these pictures even here at this dallas show i see families coming up like with two and three year old kids and it's a dad and their their wife and they're like look at this picture it'd be a picture of me when i was holding them when they were 12 years old so yeah. <laughs> it's funny it like it blows my mind I, and um and so that part of it blows my mind and so uh I, i've now realized that i've been on a lot of trips uh, i look back i'm not a spring chicken anymore so now i really am hankering and excited about spending more time around the house with my kids and seeing them be successful, whether it's on a big trophy Georgia buck or just just having fun around a campfire, you know, cooking some chili or making some s'mores around a campfire right. and hopefully just hunting in general. So I would say the Navajo tag and the uh, hunting around my house this year, I'm really excited about. Well, and you were saying off the air, it's like every year, like three times a year, you tell your wife, honey, I got to go on this hunt of a lifetime. <laughs> exactly. And when you do the same hunt of a lifetime – 15 years in a row how many times are they gonna buy that i know it and i know you've used that oh. i mean we've all used that and, and, and what's funny is it's a serious comment it's not you know obviously there's a lot of wives and a lot of the ladies out there that love to hunt equal to any of us guys so obviously hunting is not for just us dudes it's for everybody but it seems like most of the time it's us trying to tell our ladies of 
yeah, hey, I know, I know we've been busy. I know I've been working hard. But, you know, this Saturday I was going to go to the hunt with, you know, with the guys and the deer going to be moving. This weekend is going to be a hunt of a lifetime. <laughs> and so with me it's been trips, you know. I'm yeah. getting ready to go or I come home from a trip and, and like, you know, hey, honey, you ain't going to believe this, but it just come up. We're going to be able to go to this place in Texas. And, man, so-and-so is going to be there. And they call me. The rut is coming on stronger and quicker than it normally does. And the weather's going to hit. This is going to be a hunt of a lifetime. And she looks at me. Like I'm completely insane. Like you know, that's you know that'd be fine, Michael, if you hadn't went on 184 hunt of a lifetimes, and obviously you're still living. So yeah. I'm not going for that anymore. But oh. so it's it is my, definitely tougher for me to twist her arm. You know? My wife was pissed after uh, last week. We were in Houston at the Trophy Hunter Show, and I came home and was like, "Honey, you're not gonna believe this. I'm going muzzleloader hunting in the Golden Triangle in <laughs> Illinois in November." <laughs> what? I thought you were like going to like. Get new business, not to go spend yeah, money going. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, I was like, well, it's just this funny thing happened. I don't know. Now I'm going muzzleloader hunting in Illinois. I've got so. to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's out of my control. They got big it's, bucks there, and yeah, i got to go get one. So. <laughs> well, Michael, certainly enjoying the conversation, man. Um, still a few more things I want to get into, but we do need to work in a quick commercial break. Are you cool to stick around for a few more minutes? Anytime, brother. Perfect. And that segment was brought to you by All Seasons Feeders. Check out the 600-pound stand-and-fill. It's what I've got on uh, both of my leases. It's so easy. You just stand there and fill it. You don't need a ladder. You don't need to back your truck up to your feeder. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's the all-seasons feeder stand-and-fill, available in 300-, 600-, and 1,000-pound models. And you can find it at allseasonsfeeders.com. We'll be right back with more from Michael Waddell. You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Hey guys, Cable here, and I need to tell you about the Go Wild app. If you've experienced any kind of hatred on social media from anti-hunters, from tree huggers, and the like, then check out the growing Go Wild community. It's free. It's available for both iPhones and Android. It's a great place to trade hunting and fishing stories, recipes, and share some of those bragging board moments of your outdoor successes. Check it out. It's the Go Wild app, available for both iPhones and Androids. Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution. The System Hog Trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The System is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Have you had the frustration of trying to mount your game camera to a T-post with zip ties or bailing wire, but the first time you check it, find it pointing at the ground? I have. My name is Art Greep with Gunny Art Products. I'm the inventor of Teammate, the T-post game camera mount. Teammate is a rugged steel bracket. Just attach your camera to it, slip it over a T-post, and latch it in place. Teammate will end your zip tie and bailing wire frustration. Order yours today at tpostmount.com. That's tpostmount.com. Howdy folks, this is Ann Watson, and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show with my buddy Cable Smith. It's not gonna get If gone, I'm drinking every day. Hey, don't mind what my friends might say. If I want a time when I own that's 
Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. Cable Smith, right shotgun with you today. Thanks for tuning in. I do appreciate it. And uh, thanks to Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris, our longtime presenting sponsors. Well, we're rocking and rolling here today, discussing a, a myriad of uh, different topics with our old friend Michael Waddell of Bone Collector and Realtree Road Trips. Uh, but before we jump back into it uh, with Michael, this segment of the show is proudly brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. I'd like to invite you to get plugged in with this great group of folks who are passionate about hunters' rights, education, and conservation. To do so, check us out at biggame.org. Well, uh, let's go ahead and resume our discussion with Michael Waddell. Michael, something off the cuff here that I wanted to pick your brain on. You know, with the advent of social media, uh, we as a hunting community, it seems like we're always in the crosshairs. There's always a target on our back, more so than ever before. So with that in mind, is there anything that you think we, as a group of sportsmen and women, need to do differently or need to do a better job of portraying ourselves to the non-hunting majority of the world or uh, or to each other, for that matter. Obviously, if you look at the landscape we live in, um, and even this show, here we are at the Texas Trophy Hunter Show. I'm from Georgia, but I've always been a fan of the logo, Texas Trophy Hunters. You can see a lot of resemblance, obviously, in a bone collector logo. And so overall, uh, you look at what's happening. There's protesters out here, uh, animal activists out here protesting this. I actually got in a pretty heated discussion with some. Uh, overall, very peaceful when it got down to – having what I would think would be a philosophical conversation. Obviously, I believe in uh, my rights to hunt and fish. I think it's a God-given right. But I think the biggest thing sometimes our hunting industry that we forget, and I think this really is spawned from the men, the, the male side of our egos and maybe our pride, is I think we have to strip off the elitism of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And we have to kind of get back to the grassroots of laughing and having fun and enjoying the hunt, not necessarily just filling a tag, but the family, the friends. Let's get our wives involved. Let's figure out a way to get them in the stands with us. If you are a lady that loves to hunt and passionately loves it, to relax, to even maybe push yourself to go beyond what you think your limits, whether it's in walking, whether it's in going up mountains or sitting through some cold weather to try to fill a tag, figure out a way to promote that in a way that, you see the fun of it, not necessarily the, the competition between two men trying to see who can get the biggest. Obviously, as buddies, we're always going to be ribbing oh, yeah. each other. Yeah. Who caught the biggest <laughs> bass? I, I caught the biggest – I caught more bluegill than you did. You can't catch a crappie and I can. That's fun. But sometimes we forget, especially in the youth, that there's so many things that they have at their fingertips that they can go do. And for them, they enjoy that. So if hunting becomes – you know, another football practice, and it's, it's so serious to the point to where it's a competition or you're, you're cold all the time and, and you're in a situation to where you're in a hunting club to where somebody is putting you down because maybe the deer wasn't quite old enough or quite big enough. You know, we work too hard. We spend too much money out there in the field 
to do the things we do. And so what ends up happening is if we're working nine to five job, 40, 50 hours a week, and then all of a sudden it gets around to the weekend, we're talking about our wives or maybe it's the wives want to go hunting. We get to a situation to where we spent probably more money than when we were letting our loved ones know. Maybe <laughs> we got into a hunting lease that cost us two grand and we told her that it cost a thousand dollars. And obviously uh, we're already feeling guilty because Money's hard to come by. We work hard. We don't have much time. You went and bought the brand new bow. You got all the new gear and gadgets, you know, and you're getting ready to go hunting. And then you get to hunting camp on a Saturday after you've, you've talked to your family about, okay, I'm going to miss the little football game. Or maybe you miss your little girl's dance recital, and you already feel guilty. Right. Well, then you get to hunting camp, and maybe you're up there, and there's a really nice eight-pointer. It would be the biggest deer that you had ever shot, and you shoot him. And at that moment, you think, it was worth it. I've worked so hard. This was such a magical morning. And I'm so happy I got this deer. Man, these new broadheads worked like I thought they would. It was worth the investment in this bow. The shot, I didn't think I could make it. I think it was 40 yards. Wow, you know. And then all of a sudden, you take him back to hunting camp. And the dude back at hunting camp like, why would you shoot that dude? That's a dink. That's a baby. And then all of a sudden, we can say that we don't have enough ego in us that it matters. But, dude, all of a sudden, this click of this hunting club is on us and we feel like we're just a little peon and we feel worthless and so it takes away all the joy and I think what happens is if you multiply that times the time that we have to take to get outdoors the availability the expense of it I think there's a lot of grown men that grew up hunting and fishing now we're saying you know what this is not worth it I'm going to buy a pontoon boat and I'll just go to with my family which is the right thing to do but rather than push to get their kids involved or their wife involved, where they got this moment, I think a lot of times it gets so difficult, so expensive, and then the peer pressure and the elitism gets on you to the point you just get completely out of it. And I think that industry hadn't realized we lost a lot of people that's been in the endemic that grew up hunting and fishing, that they're working so hard to make ends meet, and then it becomes not fun to them. And if it's not fun to them, how are they going to tell their kids how much fun it is to go to hunting camp and enjoy this fun time and be high-fiving and hanging out, whether you got a spike or a doe or just a big old feral hog? So uh, I, I'm not saying that's the only problem, but I think it starts with fun. If we can concentrate outdoors and spending our time with family, friends, and meet new friends in every experience, where there's me and you've been sitting here talking about thermal hog hunting. I mean, what? holy cow, how much fun. You, we right. live in the area there's – millions of hogs literally millions to go out and hunt at night i mean i grew up in georgia if you was hunting at night son you're getting ready to go to prison it was illegal <laughs> but now you can go out with these thermal optics and chase hogs and chase predators uh and so when you look at it, there's so many things we can do to have fun and i think we got to get back to the fun of what this industry uh, is missing sometimes and, and quit worrying about how big or or how many or, or how did you do it how many trail cam and just not that we got to lose all the technical aspects of it, but just fun in all caps. That's what I would say. Right on, right on. I think your kids are a little older than mine. My son's five, and so we're kind of crossing that bridge right now as far as introducing him into hunting. He's got a BB gun. I've taken him on a couple duck hunts, and uh, he has a good time. But it's like one of those deals where if it's cold, you don't want him to sit out there too long. How do you gauge that to where enough is enough? Don't want to make yeah. him sit in a deer blind for four hours. I mean, yeah. You know, well, we for, we fun. forget, you know, like your kid and like even us, you know, we, we obviously had a mentor, a father, uncle, granddad that took us hunting, um, but somebody took us. And obviously times have changed, but I remember there wasn't as, it, it wasn't like, I'm only 45, so it's not like 
I was there at the time when they first invented a wheel. But at the same time, culture has changed. If you if you grew up in a rural area, it seemed like every kid hunted or fished. Mm-hmm. But when I went, I remember my dad set me up in a pine tree, and and when he left, he said, "Look, if it's a buck, get after him." You know, and right. and uh, and so. I'm not going against trophy management at all, but what I'm saying is I remember getting up there on pins and needles, and, and I saw a deer come out, and it was a doe, and I'm like, oh, my God, I was just ready to crack down. I was so on edge, and it was so fun, that adrenaline. And I remember the first deer I shot was a spike. And, I mean, my dad was so excited. My mother uh, cooked some fried up some steak off this spike, and I literally felt like I was a grown man, like I just went and fought Al-Qaeda to help provide meat for my family, and I was addicted. But if you watch a lot of the hunting shows, you would think that you might have to run 20 miles, persevere through frigid conditions, nearly die, get attacked or eaten by a grizzly bear, and fight your way out with some big knife that you got that you got to have to endure this hunt and be able to shoot 100 yards just enable to be successful. In reality, there are some hunts that all those things can take place, but that's not where we start. Mm-hmm. That's not what's attractive when we were a kid. To me, just taking a kid on a dove hunt in Texas somewhere and letting them hang out, drink Capri Suns, and eat a bunch of snacks that we probably shouldn't be eating, and right. high-fiving and laughing and shooting a 410 100 times and not hitting a bird and laughing, then going back – you know, to the little tent and eating barbecue and, and brisket and playing tackle a man with a football out with other kids out there. That's what got me and you to the point to where we was like, wait a minute, man, you can go elk hunting in Arizona? Well, you got to walk seven miles, but if dove hunting was that fun, and I did get a chance to shoot a deer with a rifle, that led to an opportunity to want to bow hunt. Next thing you know, we're doing those things. We are out there in Canada somewhere we're like yeah. – I cannot believe I sat up here all day in 30 below zero. But I think the man in us and the ego in us, we want to show every man, woman, and child, look how tough I am, look how what I can do, you can't, that it becomes this almost NFL X Games type of competition. And we forget the fact that we started as a bunch of knucklehead country kids literally just trying to catch a bluegill. You know, Kevin Van Dam, I'm convinced, caught crappy if you've ever caught a big old – Oh, sure. Largemouth sure. before he ever started fishing the Elite Tour. Because if you fish the Elite Tour, it ain't fun. But it's fun as a kid to catch a bluegill or yeah. crappy. That leads on down the road. So I sometimes think we forget promoting the humble beginnings and the fun of that start. And uh, we start at the top of the mountain rather than at the bottom, you know, trying to call them down the mountain rather than run to the top. Last question. Do you think that we're softer than the old timers? Because you talked about sitting in a tree 30 below in Canada and – you look at these pictures of these old guys. They don't have the latest First Light, Kuyu, Sitka, Realtree, whatever. They're just wearing, like, red plaid. Yeah. And they had to be freezing their asses off. Oh, so I guarantee are we you. soft? You know, I think what, what the difference is, I think uh, the old-timers were realists. Uh, where, you know, a lot of people say, ah, oh, man, I don't pay attention to the marketing platforms and I don't get hung up in peer pressure. Uh, make no uh, – bones about it this gear we got is awesome these days yeah. i will say it spoils us i think some of us hunters have better gear than our military literally but uh but i think they were realists in other words they wasn't caught up in a brand or worried about nothing or, or certain camouflage it was like this keeps me warm when i'm putting bricks down and building a house it'll keep me warm if i'm gonna there for four hours to try to shoot a deer right. and so uh it's funny and i still got some old times around the house son 
they're going to wear just some old coveralls, cotton coveralls with some Thinsulate in it and some old leather boots. You would think they could go, you know, live on Mars for two weeks and I'm that stuff. I'm going to stick with my $30 <laughs> socks and just stay nice and toasty. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael, man, it's been a treat visiting with you as always. Uh, I don't – it's been so many seasons. I don't even know what season of Bone Collector we're in. But uh, I'm, I'm, we started in 2009, and, and uh, here we are. You know, I think we're going into literally – uh, our tenth season, we're shooting our tenth season. It's hard to believe. And then road trips, yep. you know, the kind of show that got me my start. We started that in 2002 and three. It aired in 2003, so we're still chugging along on that. So <laughs> longevity, man. And man, that's, I, not, that's been, not the norm in this industry. So. I, I know, and, and it's been such a blessing. And I tell you, I come to these shows, seeing people like you, seeing really everybody here. Uh, it really feels like you don't meet a stranger. Everybody feels like a like family to you, and. Uh, I don't know, man. It's it's almost like now I'm getting to the point in my career to where I'm getting super sentimental, man. There's certain things that hit me. And, You're not going to cry on me. I, I'm not going <laughs> to cry on you, man. I might not. But, you know, you get to the point to where it does get sentimental. I look back and you look at pictures, you look at hunts, and you see some of those old shows and like, oh, my God, I, I'm the luckiest redneck on earth to be able to hunt some of those places and be blessed enough to, to get some of those animals I dreamed of now. So I think for me I'm at the happiest part of my career yeah. Uh, I look back, a lot of the stuff I did when I was younger, made dumb mistakes. I was I was out there running and gunning and, you know, selfish and doing things. And now from my personal life to my professional career, I got a conviction to promote hunting. I love my family. I, I love my kids. And now I just uh, I think I can enjoy the moment even better and look back on the blessings I've had. So it's, that's been special, man. Well, it's always great to visit with you, my friend. Thanks for making time for us. And uh, we'll see you uh, next weekend in San Antonio. Anytime, brother. Hey, you got to hook me up with them old cold Lone Star beers, by the way. <laughs> you know what? Anytime, <laughs> you got to buddy. hook up. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. All right. There he goes, our good friend, Michael Waddell. Pretty sure I heard a cold Lone Star crack open in the middle of that interview, so uh, he might have already been partaking. Uh, I might have been as well. Uh, that segment of the show was brought to you by Pulsar Night Vision and Thermal Imaging Technology. If you haven't had a chance to look through the Pulsar Trail series, you need to do it. Not only does the trail offer the highest thermal clarity on the market, but it also has an internal recorder. That's right. Everything that you're looking through in your rifle scope, you can record and upload it directly to your computer. It's that easy. It's the Pulsar Trail. You can find it at PulsarNV.com. Plus, save 20% off your order of any thermal or night vision optic. If you use my promo code Lone Star, that's Lone Star at PulsarNV.com. Uh, we will be right back with Taggart Spence of First Light Hunting. Uh, he recently won a $30,000 Alaskan doll sheep hunt at the Sheep Show in Reno. <laughs> Tag is leaving for that hunt this week. And uh, his previous hunting experience, I believe, consists of killing one quail and one mallard duck. So... Uh, we'll see what this newbie is doing to get ready for that hunt of a lifetime. Fascinating story. One that I'm looking forward to hearing about firsthand when Tag joins us after the break. You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. I'm going to be there Sunday morning. Smell the sheets on the line. Wash down grandma's cooking with some
In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas and Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, and now McKinney. Visit BobcatofDallas.com or call 469-586-0000. Hey, y'all. Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a -a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. This is Stephen Ranella. Thanks for listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. She has me if I loved her. I said, don't you know I do? But I ain't gonna live as a guitar. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoors Show. One of my all-time favorites there, the late, great Rusty Weir. Mama, I don't want to lay this guitar down, bringing us back from break. Thank you guys and gals for tuning in today. I certainly appreciate it as dove season, elk season, football season. I mean, fall is almost here. Fantasy football, too. I don't know if you guys or gals play, but I think I'm in a league 14 years running now with some hunting buddies and... The only problem is uh, a lot of times I'm out of town on the weekend and I forget to set my lineup. <laughs> Just the price of doing business. But anyway, fall is almost here. Uh, I am certainly excited. Early teal. I mean, goodness gracious, the list goes on. September is a good time to be alive in the great outdoors. Thank you guys for tuning in today. We're all set to check in with Taggart Spence of First Light Hunting. Um, but before we discuss this Doll sheep hunt of a lifetime. And truly, (laughs) to win a doll sheep hunt, that is a hunt of a lifetime. But before we jump into it with Tag, this segment is brought to you by First Light. Uh, We've got an awesome giveaway going on right now. This cool promotion. We've partnered up with First Light. And we're giving away two sets of my favorite early season kit. Uh, Whether you're chasing elk in the backcountry or uh, sitting in a tree stand in October hunting whitetail, These are the pieces that I'm going to have on, uh, no doubt about that. And it's going to include the Sawtooth Hyper Jacket, the Obsidian Merino Pants, and then a base layer combination of your choice. That's a Merino wool uh, top, and I recommend boxers, uh, honestly, uh, bottom. But the whole thing, I mean, it's over $500 value, and we're giving away two sets. Here's how you enter to win. Go to my Instagram page. You'll see the post and you nominate a friend. you got to follow First Light as well, of course, but you nominate a buddy that you believe is worthy of winning. And here's the cool thing. Of course, they can turn around and nominate you right back. So put some thought into it and nominate your closest hunting buddy. Hey, nominate two or three of them, four of them, whatever. Uh, But check out that promotion. It's live right now on our Instagram page, and that's just Lone Star Outdoor Show on Instagram. First Light, go farther, stay longer. Uh, All right. Well, let's go ahead and bring on the man who is the envy of many hunters at this current time because he leaves for Alaska on a doll sheep hunt 
in just a couple days. <laughs> uh, so joining me right now, it's my pleasure to welcome First Light's Taggart Spence to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. So uh, just a little bit about your background from what I know. Um, you're a big-time skier. You skied collegiately at, was that the University of Colorado? Yeah, Colorado Boulder. Uh-huh. And I think you guys, like, you won a national championship while you were there. Yeah, I was fortunate enough. Uh, we won two national championships, one when I was there as an athlete and another as a coach. Right on. So you've obviously spent a lot of time in the mountains. Uh, I don't know how much of that has actually been hunting. Yeah, amazing enough. I think I've spent probably 80% of my life on the mountains, uh, but none of that was hunting um, until until recently, starting with First Light and completing Hunter Safety and then winning this hunt and everything that's followed thereafter um, in the last seven months has really gotten me into the sport. Right. Yeah, so talk a little bit about that as far as how long you've been with First Light and uh, what you've been able to pursue and actually harvest in that time frame. Yeah, so I started with First Light in December, um, and it's sort of tradition here at the office. We have our off-site sales meeting. We'll go uh, do an upland and a duck hunt um, down on the Snake River. and So I jumped in, uh, you know, both feet first on, on that hunt and went down with those guys and was able to get a duck and a quail, which I was very excited about. Um, thought that was perfect. It was a great introduction to me to, to hunting. I was like, you know, I'll be able to just kind of keep dipping my toes in this thing and getting more accustomed to, to hunting and, and learning from these guys. And next thing you know, we go to uh, the sheep show in Reno and uh, Kenton um, put us all in for the less than one club drawing. And huh. we're sitting there joking around about, you know, oh man, can you imagine tag if you won one of these sheep hunts? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. Like, no, that'd be, that'd be ridiculous. You can't even joke about that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, the luck would have it. They, they called my name. Um, I, I ran up there and I, I was freaking out. Um, I knew it was going to be really cool, but I didn't fully know what it all entailed. And I remember walking off the stage and, uh, looked at the outfitter actually. I was like, what did I just win? <laughs> you just won a, a doll sheep hunt in the Brooks range. I mean, I'm not saying <laughs> I would, but there's people out there that would stab you for that tag. And and you know what? I completely understand that. And that was sort of when I was up there and when I got off stage, I go, man, people are either going to hate me for this, which I would totally understand, or they're going to say, wow, that's that's pretty cool. And I guess my whole goal from the moment I won it was to prove to them that I, I really took it seriously. Uh, I, I knew what an incredible opportunity it was and, and is for me to be able to go up there here in the next week. And, and I use that as motivation to, to make the most out of the seven months that I had to just learn as much as I possibly could and be as prepared as I could. So, okay, so you win this sheep tag. How many people applied for it or, or went into, the, you know, bought a ticket for the drawing? I think there was anywhere from like 1,200 to a little over 2,000 people in that room. And I would assume everybody, and if, if people were there and they didn't put their name in the hat, I think I can say firsthand that they made a big mistake. So I'd say there's at least 2,000 people in that drawing. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and these, I mean, like a, a doll sheep hunt can go anywhere from, you know, the mid-20s to upper $30,000. Uh, if you were just to go book one with an outfitter, you know, a very high-dollar uh, ticket there. You kind of, are probably, I'm sure you're overwhelmed at this point, uh, but excited and at the same time realize you don't have the right gear to go to 
Alaska and hunt doll sheep. Yeah, I mean, what was really incredible about winning it, to your point, you know, that the cost of a doll sheep hunt would, you know, eliminate me from being able to do it off the gate. But, you know, the gear part of it, I was so lucky because part of the package included, you know, optics, uh, pack, boots. I mean, everything you need um, as far as dialing in your kit. And so it was pretty much the best thing that could have happened to me <laughs> after starting at First Light. Because, you know, coming into the job, I was a digital marketing manager who, as you said, spent a lot of time outdoors ski racing, but hadn't done much hunting. And, and always had the interest and in, really had been trying for a long time to get a job at First Light and um, knew I wanted to get into the sport, but obviously there's there's a commitment level there, as everyone knows, especially with gear. Um, mm-hmm. And so to be given that, be given a tag that one people are going to step up around me at this office and really help me make the most of it and learn as much as I can, but then also be given you know everything from binos to you know spotting scope to rifle scope from Leopold um, to a pack from Mystery Ranch and boots from Kennetrek, like it was crazy i mean really really kind of couldn't script a better story as far as giving a guy an opportunity to to jump into the sport so how how often or i don't know i don't know if you'd ever shot a rifle before had you no i mean i think maybe looking way back at it when i was a kid um we'd go up to montana maybe i shot a 22 once or twice but no i mean i'd I had little to absolute zero rifle experience when I got going into this thing. And, um, you know, it's like starting from just ground zero, just, you know, from the very basics as far as how you hold a rifle, what the basic components are of the rifle. Um, I mean, I found it all extremely interesting and it kind of helped me understand how they work so that I could then learn from there. Mm -hmm. Um, and just growing into it and, and, getting a lot of trigger time. I was fortunate enough, you know, in that seven months to just set aside as much time as just build up to it. You know, Ross Copperman is our VP of sales and marketing and, and he, I can't thank him enough. And the program he laid out starting with dry firing drills, building into shooting the 22, moving up to a 17, then a six, five, then the 300 wind mag that I'm going to, I'm going to use on my hunt. And, you know, with the whole idea of just, focusing on the mechanics and, and proper form and not allowing any recoil or noise or anything to take away from that. Um, it was just a perfect program. And now, I mean, it, it's amazing where I am now feeling as comfortable as I do um, behind the rifle. Well, so I, I've never hunted any of the uh, four North American sheep species. They're so expensive, like we just talked about. I don't know if I ever will, but I'll keep putting in for the draws. But I have hunted uh, the poor man's sheep in Texas. We have free-ranging Audad all over West Texas, which actually is a, a – it's not really a sheep or a goat. It's kind of its own uh, mono species. But it, it originated in, um, like, the Barbary Coast in North Africa. And uh, soldiers brought it back after World War II, thought it was a cool animal. And next thing you know, here we are, and we've got them all over the hill country and, and West Texas. And, and anyway, the point is – when hunting those on that, it's very much like uh, hunting the other sheep species. You're in the mountains, and you've got to be able to shoot, you know, maybe four, five hundred yards. So, what is your max distance that you've been able to get comfortable at uh, in these seven months you've had leading up to this hunt? 
Yeah, I feel very uh, confident at 400 yards. Um, Ross has gongs out to that distance, and and I can get down, especially in the prong position on a pack, feel very good about hitting that gong at 400. Um, You know, I I haven't shot out beyond that. Uh My goal with this would be to get, you know, inside 300, knowing that I can make that shot farther out, but, but still wanting to put on a better stock and get closer to the animal, just understanding, especially if you are doing that correctly and coming from above, you know, you can, you can do that. And, um, I guess I want to just stack as many cards in my favor as possible and, and, uh, and get the best shot I can. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'd say 400 is, 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 I'd say my outer edge limit right now that I feel like I could take a very ethical shot. Um, but with the goal in mind of trying, trying to get closer. And I think that would also be a lot of fun too. Um, I think that's a, a big part of the hunt for me. And yeah. Especially with the first big game hunt. I mean, <laughs> that'll be the adrenaline right there in those moments. Well, you're, you're spoiled for life. There's no doubt about that. I mean, starting off with the doll sheep hunt is uh, just ridiculous, but <laughs> it makes for a better story, man. And, and, you know, there's that funny quote that, uh, Ryan had, um, in the video. First of all, I put out a, like a mini video series chronically chronicling this whole adventure, this experience, this journey. And Ryan said, uh, It'll be like pulling the water boy off the bench in Game Seven of the World Series and telling him we just need a Grand Slam, um, which I thought was pretty funny and kind of accurate. I don't know how that uh, how you oh, took yeah. that, but he's totally right. I mean, yeah. he, this is exactly what happened, and uh, I guess what I just you know from that moment on, because he said that right when I walked off the stage, like because he had just won his hunt at the Lesson One Club, um, and so we're getting our photo taken. That's what we looked at me and said that and I was like okay I've got my work cut out for me here <laughs> yeah um but I feel like I feel like I'm in a position now where, where I could at least uh you know go to tryouts and, and make the team um and put up a good fight I, I've learned a lot in the last seven months I feel really prepared um you know a lot of firsts the, over those that time frame I mean everything from going on my first back country uh backpack trip with cal um, which was amazing i mean i learned a lot from him and and um he put me in a lot of different positions and stuff and and there'll be an episode on that coming out um that was a great time you know to to the time behind the rifle to the the physical training aspect of it um and understanding what's going to go into it you know it was it was quite the journey um and you know that that's something i wouldn't trade you know for anything i mean i i Obviously, I want to come back successful. That would that would be the ultimate dream for me. But I'm still sitting here today, getting ready to leave, and I'm grateful for for just the whole process that I've gotten to go through because it's it's really set me up to to be a hunter for the rest of my life. That's awesome, man. And, and that's uh, why I think it's that's, better it's better that it that that you won. You know that you you won the raffle as opposed to somebody who's traveled all over the world and hunted this that and the other. You know, uh, now we've got someone. We've got our talent stuck in you as <laughs> a hunting community. So, yeah. Um, last question I have for you is: Have you checked the weather? And I know that you know, obviously, the weather in the mountains can be wildly unpredictable. But I've never been to Alaska. It's it's number one on my bucket list. You're probably going to get wet, I imagine. Just curious as to what you've researched or found out about what to expect weather-wise and what Mother Nature can throw at you up there. In the yeah, range. I mean, it, it sounds like just like you said. 
that part of the world, you can have everything from 60 degrees and sunny one minute to snow in the next, and it can change on you in an instant. So, you know, from a layering perspective, that's really where I focused my kit around is, is making sure and, and really just trying to put myself in every possible situation and, and weather um, and make sure that I have the right clothes to to perform and be comfortable. So um, when I started building the kit and what I was going to bring up there with me, I, I really did that. And, you know, fortunately, working for First Light, I, I couldn't be in a better position right. bringing the absolute best with me. I feel just that, I mean, the confidence you get from that alone is so invaluable. So um, we'll have uh, a, at least an episode of, of sort of what exactly is all going to be in the kit coming up there with me, but, you know, from rain gear to base layers, um, all the accessories that I'll have and of, of ours, um, it's going to be awesome. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to kind of put it through the test up there and, and uh, enjoy it. And how many days is the hunt? It's a, it's actually a 10-day hunt. Um, I believe it, you know, including um, riding out to spike camp and everything like that. It'll, it'll probably come out to about nine days of hunting. Um, but we start, yeah, the 18th. Right on. So it takes a couple of days to get up there. Uh, take a day to spike out, and then, then we'll get after him. Well, cool, man. I, uh, I'm certainly happy for you. I'll wait to see photos of a, a big ram and your your smiling face there, because I know I'd be smiling ear to ear. So oh, I appreciate that. And again, I'm just happy to hear that that's that's what you feel like, and not the oh man, this guy sucks. He doesn't you know? There are people that stab you. I'm just not one of them. Done. So. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, hey, I encourage everyone to check out the uh, the mini series there. You can find it at firstlight.com. We'll be posting them up on our Facebook page as well. So people check it out. It's an awesome story, and I think there's uh, an awesome ending in the cards. Looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Thanks a lot, Cable. Appreciate it, man. All right. Taggart Spence of First Light Hunting, and he gone, by the way. He is actually in Alaska right now uh, with no cell service, so who the hell knows what's going on, uh, but I think that there's going to be a happy ending here. So we will keep you posted on that front, no doubt about it. Uh, that segment of the presentation was brought to you by Horizon Firearms. Uh, if I was going on a doll sheep hunt, you know what I'd be taking, my Horizon 7 mag with that backcountry-friendly IOTA Crux stock. Weighs in at 27 ounces. Yeah. If you do a lot of spotting stocking in the backcountry, you need to check it out. And you can do so by going to horizonfirearms.com. Uh, we will be right back with my good friend David Maestas of Adrenaline. All you waterfowling and duck hunting junkies out there. If you haven't heard about the finisher, you want to stay tuned. We discuss next right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. I wish that I was a chunk of coal. Way down deep in the belly of my soul. I'd sparkle and I'd shine I might be a diamond in my own sweet time And I wish I was a chunk of coal Cable here for iSocialBoost.com, a tool that many outdoor enthusiasts are using to grow their Instagram audiences. And if you're growing your Instagram audience, you're growing your brand. I recently let iSocialBoost.com take over a new page I created, and the growth has been incredible. iSocialBoost can help you expand your audience to heights you never imagined. Plus, you'll save 80%, that's right, 80% off your first week if you use my promo code LONESTAR. 
That's Lone Star at iSocialBoost.com. These are real followers who engage on a regular basis. Check it out, iSocialBoost.com. Hey, hey, all you waterfowl junkies out there. Cable here for TX Duck Blinds. Highly durable and highly mobile customized duck blinds built by duck hunters for duck hunters. Each blind is built from solid steel by professional welders and field tested before shipment. A duck season will come and go, but guess what? Your TX Duck Blind is built to last. Customize yours today by calling 817-965-1306. You can also find them at texasduckblinds.com or check them out on Instagram and Facebook at TX Duck Blinds. If you're looking to buy a farm or ranch or list your existing property, Foster Farm and Ranch represents buyers and sellers of ranches of all sizes. They cover most of Texas and specialize in South Texas and the Hill Country. Visit Foster Farm and Ranch to see existing listings like the new 670-acre low-fenced property in Uvalde County, free-ranging access deer, other exotics, whitetail, beautiful oak trees. Visit fosterfarmandranch.com today or call my friend Chad Foster at 830-776-3605. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. Cut them all, Jack. I love that one there from Steve Conover. As we are all set to uh, talk a little waterfowling here with Dave Maestas of Adrenaline and the finisher. But before we do that, this segment of the show probably brought to you by Rudy's Barbecue, where you can stop in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner and enjoy Rudy's true Texas-style barbecue. All right. Well, uh, just like we ran into Michael Waddell out at the Trophy Hunters Extravaganza last weekend, I also had the chance to sit down with David of Adrenaline and discuss the finisher, which I don't want to go into too much detail because David will be happy to explain to us exactly what the finisher does. But I certainly think it has a place on every waterfowler's lanyard. And so without further ado, it's my pleasure to welcome David Maestas to the show. Well, David, it's great to have you here. We're out at the uh, Texas Trophy Hunters show, and you've got the uh, Adrenaline booth set up, rocking and rolling. So yeah, it was a little chaotic this morning, but uh, we're all good, ready to roll. Yeah, uh, been pretty pretty busy so far this weekend. Uh, so first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself as far as where you're from and what you enjoy hunting most. All right, so I'm out of Al. Kirky, New Mexico. I uh, love New Mexico. You like New Mexico? Oh, yeah. I got to go there and get a uh, cinnamon teal someday because we don't get very yeah. many in Texas. Yeah, those are going to be a little bit more south from where I hunt, probably about an hour and a half or so. Yeah. But they're good there. It's yeah. good. People are surprised that we actually have ducks there. Yeah. You know, it's, oh. it's a hidden gem. I've spent a lot of time in New Mexico, and uh, it's, there's some great waterfowling there. Yeah, definitely. So I do a lot of waterfowl hunting. Um, my main passion is big game. I do a lot of elk hunting. Uh, that's number one. Then waterfowl. Um, I do enjoy waterfowl a lot because you go out every day. It's five minutes from where I live. So it's just a good time. We're to go out morning and we're done by 12, you know? Yeah. So we've really enjoyed that part of it. Right on. So did you draw an elk tag this year? I didn't. I know. Oh. I'm bummed out. My wife didn't either. She was I sad. did. You did? <laughs> In New Mexico, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I've had great luck. 
I've drawn uh, three elk tags and two mule deer tags in eight years of a blind. Really? Yeah. I haven't drawn a tag in six years. Oh, my God. It sucks to be a resident. Oh, yeah. I, like I said, I love your state. And I'm a big fan of this product I'm holding in my hand. I haven't actually used it in the field, so this will be a first for me this season. I'll have it on my lanyard. It's called the Finisher. And I was thinking, like, at first I was like, maybe this is kind of a bit. Like, do people really need this? And then I thought, no. If I shoot a duck that I want to mount, I don't want to wring its neck, and I want to kill it quickly, humanely, and keep it as, you know, pristine as possible to take it to the taxidermist. And then it was like, no, actually, this is more humane than – because I've, I've wrung a duck's neck, thrown it on the pile of ducks there, and turn around 15 minutes later, and it's still twitching. And then you feel bad. So, so that, there's a thing to that. Um, yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned about the taxidermy purposes, because when you use it properly – it does a pin-sized hole in the back part of the head. It's almost undetectable. Yeah. Aside from that, how you mentioned how you like to throw the birds in a pile. Sometimes you think you wrung its neck and it died. If there shows any sign of life, when a game warden comes to check your pile and they're still alive, it's called failure to bring your game to bag. Uh-huh. It's an automatic fine. And it should be. Yeah. yeah. As a hunter, we – and I'll, I'll tell you a horror story. One time, shot this mallard. I don't remember if it was me or my brother who shot it, but one of us wrung its neck, threw it in the pile, and then we put the pile in the decoy bag. We were hunting a public lake and went back to the car. Get to my house, and the duck gets up and starts walking around. And I'm oh, just, yeah. I, I'm like, I was very young at the time. I was like, okay, never again. <laughs> we're going to do that. <laughs> so this is uh, obviously a great solution uh, for a lot of reasons. Like you said, if a game warden walked up on that day for me, I'd have been correct. And I didn't know about that. Yeah. Uh, we were doing another show in Sacramento and the game one fish was walking by and came in and started telling us these stories. And that's why he bought a bunch of them for his students huh. to teach them the proper methods because of, uh, how many times they come across it in the field of these people that have these birds that want to mount and they're trying to preserve it. So they leave it alive for the taxidermist to finish off mm. or, uh, they thought they killed it, but they really were potentially using it as a decoy out there. So that's why they had such, um, a harsh fine because yeah. they want you to ensure that those birds are dead and you're not using them to use a live decoy. Absolutely. In your spread. Absolutely. And you should be issued a hefty fine. And as ethical hunters, it doesn't matter if it's a duck or an elk or whatever. It's you always strive for a quick, clean kill. Sometimes we have to make that follow-up shot. Uh, that's the reality of it. But um, I, I think that because ducks are small animals, like, you know, you shoot an elk, you make a bad shot, uh, you're going to put another one in it as quickly as you can. But maybe because ducks are so small, people don't look at it as that big of a deal, you know? Right. And I think that's the point. We're just trying to put uh, this tool out there to show that us as hunters are doing the best we can to honor the animal that we are hunting to quick end its life quickly Absolutely. and humanely. Absolutely. 100%. Um, so talk about the design uh, because I, I imagine you can put this on your key ring, on your, on your lanyard is where most people are going to have it. So, yeah, uh, we designed in the shape of a duck head uh-huh. um, and has a couple functions of it. We have another one that's looked like a drake curl feather. Mm-hmm. It's half an inch longer, and it doubles up as a choke wrench. You put that on the barrel of your shotgun. The quills lock into this your choke, your model. and you could tie in or loose in your uh-huh. choke out in the field. So that's that my model. We also have that one. 
Um, some of our earlier here, models, yeah. you can use that as a choke wrench as well. Oh, cool. So we got some cool things coming up. Can't disclose yet some changes. Uh -huh. But for those people that like to celebrate their hunt afterwards, it's a great tool to shotgun beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, could, I think I could shotgun a Lone Star beer with one of those. Yeah. Not advocating drinking while you're hunting, but after the hunt. After the hunt. Absolutely. After High the hunt. Fives, never drink. Beers. Yes. Never yeah. drink during that hunt. So where can folks find you? So they could go to our website, adrenaline.com, or they can go to Max Prairie Wings, Final Flight Outfitters. Um, there's small mom-and-pop shops throughout the country. Okay. Awesome. And then I know I follow you on Instagram and Facebook, so folks can find you on those social media outlets as well. I think we're going to do a giveaway. Let's do this. Let's, do, let's give one of these away today. Whoever emails in how long you guys have been around, we'll say, how many years has uh, Adrenaline been manufacturing the finisher? You can email the answer in to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com, and we'll give one of these bad boys away. And, uh, and I've got a few more to give away throughout the season and leading up to duck season as well. So uh, awesome product. Thank you so much for stopping by, man. No problem. Thank you for having me. Enjoyed it. Now, I'm going to have to uh, come up there and – Maybe we'll head, is it south to get the cinnamon teal from you or north? Yeah, a lot of them are, um, you could get some in like a, res, uh, a game area, mm -hmm. but a lot of people go and hunt what they call Elephant Butte. Yeah. There's a ton of ducks down I there. I think it might be the most beautiful All duck. different species down there, <laughs> mallards, pintails, you name it. We got there. all that in Texas. I'm yeah. looking for the cinnamon teal. Cinnamon's there. We'll get you on one. All Let right, me know brother. about that elk hunt. I'll help you out with that as well. <laughs> I'll tell you off the air what unit I'm going to. All right. That sounds good to me. <laughs> all right. Take care. Hey, thank you. All right. There he goes. Our buddy David Maestas of Adrenaline and the finisher. Uh, oh, and by the way, if you go to their website, they've got some awesome lanyards on there. Uh, I think I've been using the same waterfowl lanyard for almost 15 years now. It was time for that thing to go. They've got some much sturdier and actually like stretchy braided lanyards on the website as well. So lots of cool waterfowling stuff right there uh, on the Adrenaline website. Uh, that segment of the presentation was brought to you by Sendero Seed Company. Sendero Seed Company has everything you need to keep a happy and healthy whitetail herd, including the Dr. Deer-backed buck forage oats. Check them out at SenderoSeed.com. Oh, man, uh, just looking at the clock here. Unfortunately, it's about that time. We've got to go, got to get out of here. I do want to say thanks to all of our guests, of course, David from Adrenaline, as well as Michael Waddell of Bone Collector, and also Tag Spence of First Light Hunting. We will do it again same time, same place next week. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of the Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. The Lord loves the drinking man, saying, I won't get down.